Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me as always, the one who's always here, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. It feels good to be back. I am always here. I mean, I think I released like 15 episodes last week. I'm pretty sure. That's good. If you count all the really short ones. Well, thank you for your service. I, I do appreciate your thank you. Thank you for that. Christmas break turned into snowfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, last week was a weird week. Kids at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had some really good snow days with my five-year-old. And that, those are times you can't get back. And That's so true. I had to forego the show, which I love to do. Um, you love to forego the show. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's why I said that. Yeah. That's what I love to do. No, um, I had to forego the show, unfortunately. But I did spend some quality time with my son out in the snow and uh had some you know memories i'll talk about on my deathbed that's that's good i'm sure that's what you'll be talking about hey this is good morning liberty where we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to if you want to catch these episodes every day make sure you smash that follow button subscribe on youtube Join us at goodmorninglibertylocals.com. We got a lot of stuff in the stack today, so we're going to have to get moving. I got a fact check to start us off with. Love fact checks. I love fact checks. They're so fun. Now, this one I saw come out over the weekend. I don't know if you, I, I don't think you listen to it. You could it. start a whole podcast fact checking the fact checkers. We could. Yes. I went through. Um, no, I said you could. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. You could too and just never do anything. Yeah. That yeah. would be fine too. You could start the podcast. I could totally start it. We could start one together and then I could just do all the episodes. Yeah. I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter. You guys ever heard of that there? Mass formation psychosis. We got to talk about it real quick. Dr. Robert Malone, who is the self-described inventor of mrna vaccines and if you look it up his self-description is fairly accurate uh he had talked about mass formation psychosis on joe rogan's podcast a couple weeks ago right after he got banned from twitter now i saw this on twitter and uh, it was the top of my it was the top of my trending thing and i know all you guys got it too because they're probably targeting this but twitter made sure that at the top of the trending it said there is no evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis according to to reuters and the associate press so they're just letting letting us know that there is no evidence of this thing that's out there just so you know and what i imagine is them doing the jedi mind trick at that time there is no evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis that's a that's what I had in my mind for that. So AP did a fact check about this called "Unfounded Theory Used to Dismiss COVID Measures." All right. So from AP, an unfounded online uh, online theory suggests millions of people have been hypnotized into believing mainstream ideas about COVID nineteen, including steps to combat it, such as testing and vaccination. Efforts to combat the disease have been dismissed with just three words: mass formation psychosis. The term gained attention after Robert Malone went on the podcast. That was December 31st. This is not the mailman either, Carl Malone. This no, is, no. Well, yeah. Uh, this is Robert, the doctor. Bobby, yes. as we know him. <laughs> the, uh, Malone is a scientist who once researched mRNA technology. Now, that's how they described him in the fact check. He is a scientist who once researched mRNA technology, but is now a vocal skeptic of the COVID-19 vaccines that use it. Now, he's actually... 
Um, yeah, he did once research it because he was the first person to once research it because it was his idea. <laughs> so yeah. there's different ways of saying that, you know, how, however you want to say it. I don't know. The, uh, the Atlantic, I just pulled up an article from them because I was like, did Malone actually invent this? I don't know. Well, the Atlantic says when Malone was a graduate student in biology in the late 1980s at the Salk Institute, ever heard of Salk before? He injected genetic material, DNA, and RNA into the cells of mice in hopes of creating a new kind of vaccine. He was the first author on a 1989 paper demonstrating how RNA could be delivered in the cells using lipids and a co-author on a 1990 science paper showing that if you inject pure RNA or DNA in the mouse muscle cells, it can lead to the transcription of new proteins. Uh, quote, they said, if the same approach worked for human cells, this technology may provide alternative approaches to vaccine development. That is what he said about it. And then the Atlantic went on to say uh, those studies right there represent the similar work in the field of gene transfer, according to uh, Reen Verbeke, I don't know, Verbeke, a fellow at Ghent University. Malone's studies are the first two references in his paper out of 224 total studies in the thing uh, talking about this technology. So, but anyway, he is a scientist who once researched mRNA technology. Mm. That's who he is. And listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not I'm really not trying to give credence or credit or anything to what he's saying. Cause um, he's the one who knows stuff about, about all this and we're just commenting on it right now. Okay. So, but you, it is important to realize what the media does first off. They tell you that there's no evidence of this thing that they're about to tell you is not a thing in the first place. So there's no evidence of the thing that doesn't exist. And then they also tell you that this is a guy who once researched mRNA technology. Of course, leaving out the point that it does seem to be the fact that it was his idea to, to start off with. So they got to they gotta do that to start with. But going back to AP Fact Check. Psychology experts say the concept described by Malone is not supported by evidence and is similar to theories that have long been discredited. Now, they didn't say that that theory had long been discredited. They said it was similar to theories that have long been discredited. Here's a look. Now, why is this important? Once again, I'm not trying to just make arguments for what Malone was saying. It's just important to realize how the media does this anytime that there is someone going against whatever the narrative is. So the claim... The concept of mass formation psychosis explains why millions of people believe in a mainstream COVID-19 narrative and trust the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. The facts. Malone highlighted the unfounded theory on Joe Rogan's podcast. During the episode, Malone claimed the mass psychosis resulted in a third of the population basically being hypnotized into believing what Dr. Fauci and the mainstream news outlets say. Malone went on to say that the phenomenon explained Nazi Germany. So he lost the argument. So now he lost. Yeah. That's it. Wish he wouldn't Can't have gone say there. Nazi. Yeah. Um, he said, quote, when you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. He claimed. Now there's, I, I think where he messed up there was he said they literally become hypnotized because that's what they end up addressing in the fact claim. They're probably not literally hypnotized like you would be when you're hypnotized. But They're just persuaded. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so psychology experts... Do the same thing in marketing and stuff. Oh, yeah, for Ma- sure. Others call it manipulation, mm-hmm. persuasion. There's manipulation yes. all the time. You can either use it for good or for bad. That's mm-hmm. up to you. 
Psychology experts say there is no support for the psychosis theory described by Malone. Quote from this guy, Jay Van Babel, who they decided to quote, to my knowledge, there's no evidence whatsoever for this concept. Uh, Babel said he had never encountered the phrase mass formation psychosis in his years of research, nor could he find it in any peer-reviewed literature. As Stephen Riker, a social psychology professor, said the concept has no academic credibility. All right, so mm. they found these two guys who said that there's no such thing. And what's weird is when they tell you that this thing isn't happening, and also this isn't a thing, but also it's not happening. Yeah. And it's not a thing. And it's not happening. And it's closely related to a cousin. How can you, how can you, how can you tell people that something that you're saying there's no we have no evidence that it exists, but you can also say that it's not happening. Right. How do you make those two things happen at the same time? I don't know. The term also does not appear in the American Psychological Association's Dictionary of Psychology. Okay. Well, I guess since that dictionary doesn't have it, Richard McNally, professor of clinical psychology at Harvard, wrote in an email that people who support COVID-19 vaccines and public health guidance are not delusional. Rather, they are fully responsive to the arguments and evidence adduced by relevant scientific experts. (laughs) By ones we approve of. You got to put that in there. By relevant scientific experts. (laughs) Okay. And then they also have to do that. They're still waving their hands in front of you. Just in case anyone's wondering, health officials have found that COVID-19 vaccines be safe and effective, especially in terms of protecting against serious illness. All right. We'll close out that ad by Pfizer. Should have had Charlie read that. I'm sure he's itching for it right now. The description of mass formation psychosis offered by Malone resembles uh, discredited concepts such as mob mentality and group mind. According to John Drury, who is a psychologist at the University of Sussex in the UK, the ideas falsely suggest that when people form part of a psychological crowd, they lose their identities and their self-control. They become suggestible and primitive instinctive impulses predominate. That doesn't happen? It's been discredited, Charlie. People haven't been stoned to death in a crowd of people. There is no such thing as mob mentality. There is no such thing as mob mentality. There is no such thing as mob mentality. Just wave your hands (laughs) in front of the person and say that if you want to. Listen closely. There's no such thing. Multiple experts told the AP that while there is evidence that groups can shape or influence one's behaviors and that people can and do believe falsehoods that are put forward by the leader of a group, Those concepts do not involve the masses experiencing psychosis or hypnosis. So what they've taken are those words, psychosis and hypnosis. They don't fit the definitions for that. All right. So Stephen J. Lynn, a psychology professor at Binghamton University, said Malone's argument that a group can literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere is premised on the myth about hypnosis. Before the concept of mass formation psychosis took off in recent days, it had percolated online in recent months, and I cut off the rest of that. It was very interesting to see what Google did at that time when he mentioned it. They put a thing at the top saying that um, this was a newer term and, and that the results were going to change while they gathered more stuff. And then magically, like a few hours later, the first result was someone disproving what mass formation psychosis was. I mean, you, you, one could argue that, that the same thing was with Trump supporters. Yeah. I, People blindly followed Trump and everything he did still to this day. We literally see this all the time with everyone all the time, all the time, all with everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's literally just another term for human behavior. It's probably us believing that human beings own themselves as a form of mass formation psychosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all it is. Okay. On a completely 
unrelated note that has nothing to do with the first story. Charlie, tell me about the second one. Well, yeah. (laughs) This makes perfect sense. Yeah. It does. From CNN. Texas mother allegedly put son in trunk of car to avoid being exposed to COVID-19. Smart thinking, Mom. Mm Mm-hmm. A Texas mother has been charged with endangering a child. Now, of course, if you were to take um, fish tank cleaning solution because it had chloroquine in it. Good point. You know? Yeah. You're a crazy Mm -hmm. person. And it's actually Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. Mm -hmm. But now a Texas mother has been charged with endangering a child after she allegedly placed her 13-year-old son who had COVID-19 into her car's trunk. To avoid being exposed to the virus, according to a warrant from the Harris County District Attorney's Office. All she had to do was put on a loose-fitting cloth mask. I don't know why she was so worried about it. All she needed to do was to be vaccinated, boosted, and wear a mask. Jeez. Sarah Beam, 41, was charged after authorities arrived at a Houston-area COVID testing site on January 3rd, following a report that a health services official had found the child in the trunk of Beam's car. According to the warrant, the mother told the health director that she wanted to prevent exposure to the virus while driving her son to the testing site for additional testing. When the health official asked Beam to see the child, the mother opened the trunk where the child was laying down inside the trunk. Mm. Beam is a teacher at Cypress Falls High School. She has been placed on administrative leave. She's a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Okay. Um, isn't that kind of crazy, you know, just a little bit? No, it makes total sense. Okay. That's Uh, yeah. Just making sure. Um, Daisy said the amount of moms agreeing with her and saying she did nothing wrong was alarming. I didn't actually see any stuff, uh, on there about it, but you know, this is what happens when you think that this thing is so, I mean, imagine, you know, there's like a 99 point something percent chance of surviving it. If you do get it, like you said, if she's this freaked out she's been vaxxed she's probably quadruple boosted she's probably buying those things on the street corners out there getting she her done boosters. had an infusion she's got eight masks on at least antibody infusion yeah the kid probably couldn't leave the house without wearing a mask and she still thought it would be a good idea to put him in a trunk she probably didn't even have him in the house he's probably living in a tent in the backyard <laughs> he's definitely not living in the house now yeah i'll tell you that much that ain't happening Man, that's a uh, yeah, that's pretty nuts. And so you see, uh, maybe a little bit of alarmism can go too far. That's not the only example, of course, but this is an extreme example. But maybe we've had As a little Dan bit too much alarm. Said from the live group here, one one might call that psychosis, possibly. Yeah, I said it was completely unrelated it's, to the first one. <laughs> yeah. Completely, yeah, unrelated. Now, correlation is not causing. Now there's correlation. not a. There's not an example of this happening happening on a massive countrywide level or anything. Okay, we're picking. That's out. why I brought up the fish tank because that yeah. wasn't happening on a massive level either. Oh, or people even um, drinking horse paste or whatever they were doing. I don't know. Yeah, well, it probably wasn't too many people, but I'm sure they would say that was mass formation psychosis. I guess. Okay, um, you know they're still talking about this here vaccine mandate in the Supreme Courts. I checked right beforehand. I don't think that they have put out any ruling on it yet, but we do expect that to happen pretty shortly. It'd be the fastest ever Supreme Court ruling that's ever happened. Well, I don't think they'll actually issue a ruling. I think that they'll issue a stay. A stay. That's what I... Yeah, while they decide. Yeah. 
I, that's what I think is going to happen. When do oral arguments start? Was it they today? They already did it. Wow. Okay, yeah. I, want to look I know that, that they were doing it. They were arguing on Friday because we talked about Justice Sotomayor um, talking about oh, 100,000 right. kids, <laughs> which we'll talk about here in a minute. She that's actually right. got fact-checked. All right. Yeah. Oh. She got fact-checked. Wow. On that. Uh, okay. So speaking of the vaccine mandates, Wall Street Journal made a good case here that the Omicron makes Biden's vaccine mandate obsolete. Now, we would make the argument that it was already obsolete because they don't have the right to do that, yeah. first off. So we don't need to make it based on the uh, contagiousness of the virus that's out there or anything like that. You make it based on the idea that the government can't force you to do these things. But if you wanted to make it on, if you wanted to have the argument that the other people are having that are wanting to have the mandate, then you would have it on these grounds. I mean, if, they, if, the, if the government has the right to inject you with a vaccine, that means they also have the right to inject you with heroin or like anything else that you could ever possibly imagine. Well, and that's a good question because what, what you would say, like, well, they, have a, they can inject you with heroin, and you would say, well, that would be too dangerous. And so you're saying that there is a threshold, I guess, if someone were having that argument, there is a threshold where it would become too dangerous for them to force it. What I want to know is what is the number? Because, listen, from what I read earlier, the vaccines are safe and effective for most people, but it doesn't mean that there aren't bad reactions to it, and it doesn't mean that no one has died from it. And so if they are going to mandate something that as a result of the mandate, someone could die from it, then can they do that? I don't know. I'm not sure, especially if that person had a almost no chance of dying from the virus in the first place. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm try not read <laughs> comments. So, yeah. Just, I'm to go to read. Ba- just go back to the mass formation psychosis thing real quick. The left is only mad about this is because they didn't come up with a term. <laughs> yeah. Because if they, they're like, oh, dang it. That's such a good term. We should have said that about Trump. We should have said that last year <laughs> and we could have used it for us. Yep. But now that they don't have one like that, I mean, they've, they've come up with all kinds of terms, mm-hmm. toxic masculinity, invisible labor. I mean, the list goes on. They'll end up calling uh, people on the right. They'll, they're suffering from large gathering hypnosis is what they'll be well, they won't use suffering hypnosis, from. No. Well, craziness. <laughs> I don't know. Omicron makes Biden's vaccine mandate obsolete. They say it would be irrational, legally indefensible, and contrary to public interest for government to mandate vaccines absent any evidence that the vaccines are effective in stopping the spread of the pathogen that they're targeting. That's a, that's a pretty good point right there. And what we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks, the, the mainstream narrative is starting to change on this whole... It start, you're seeing it. It's becoming okay to say things that you would have gotten canceled for or shut down for just three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. It's becoming okay. And I think we could look at that as a good thing, you know? Both mandates were issued November 5th. At that time, Delta variant represented almost all of the COVID-19 cases. And both agencies appropriately considered Delta at length and in detail, finding the vaccines remain effective against it. Those findings are now obsolete. As of January 1st, Omicron Wait, represented... And, and how effective were they against it? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Actually contracting the disease. Omicron represented more than 95% of U.S. COVID cases, 
according to the new estimates, because some of Omicron's 50 mutations are known to evade antibody protection, because more than 30 of those mutations are to the spike protein used as an immunogen by the existing vaccines, and because there have been mass Omicron outbreaks in heavily vaccinated populations, scientists are highly uncertain the existing vaccines can stop it from spreading. Highly mm. uncertain. All right. The Supreme Court, they talk about Jacobson versus Massachusetts, which was in 1905. They held that the right to refuse medical treatment could be overcome when society needs to curb the spread of a contagious epidemic. I think that they were wrong about that. But they also held that a state could do that if they wanted to, not not the federal government. They also held that you could, you know separate blacks and whites and they, and they weren't <laughs> yeah and they weren't telling the guy that like he couldn't work or anything by the way you had to pay a 25 dollars fine and then the rest of his life was probably okay after that at friday unless he died from uh whatever it was that they what were was doing i can't remember what it was now what was 25 dollars in 1905 though i mean it's probably that's a million probably dollars good, in today's pretty money. good fine that's right it's a hefty fine all right 150 is what amanda says 150 bucks at friday is that true that's that's it <laughs> Only six times right now. At Friday's oral argument, all the justices acknowledge that the federal mandates rest on this rationale. That that is that the, uh, the that they can do it when society needs to curb the spread of a contagious epidemic. So they talk about a preprint study, all right, that found after 30 days, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines no longer had any statistically significant positive effects against Omicron infection. And after 90 days, their effect went negative. Mm. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Vaccinated people were more susceptible to Omicron infection after 90 days. Confirming this negative efficacy finding, data from Denmark and the Canadian province of Ontario indicate that vaccinated people have higher rates of Omicron infection than unvaccinated people. Mm. Now, they're taking away the efficacy of the vaccines. There's also your actions throughout your daily life that could create that situation as well. When you feel like you are safer, we mm -hmm. talked about with the mask and all that, uh, that you might feel like you have more protection than what you actually do, which could lead you to act differently than what you normally would. You would do things that were more dangerous. And I think that this has something to do with, uh, with vaccinated people. Of well, and like when you go out to the large events or whatever, yeah. as long as you're vaccinated, you're yeah. fine. So people are like, oh, okay, no big deal. We're vaccinated. We're going to go in these giant crowds still. And yeah. It has long been known that vaccinated people with breakthrough infections are highly contagious and preliminary data from all over the world indicate this is true of Omicron as well. As CDC director Rochelle Walensky put it last summer, the viral load in the noses and throats of vaccinated people infected with Delta is indistinguishable from that of unvaccinated people. I thought this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's that's what it is. Yeah. And what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission. OK, according to the CDC, the overwhelming majority of symptomatic U.S. Omicron cases have been mild. The best policy might be to let Omicron run its course while protecting the most vulnerable naturally immunizing the vast majority against COVID through infection by a relatively benign strain. I can't believe they printed this right-wing conspiracy garbage. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, the WSJ is going down the tubes. The vaccine mandates before the court don't require boosters. They define fully vaccinated as two doses of Pfizer Moderna or one dose of J&J. &J. Even if boosters would help, the mandates would leave tens or hundreds of thousands of unboosted employees on the job 
who have zero or negative protection against Omicron and who would be highly contagious if they become infected. In other words, there is no scientific basis for believing these mandates will curb the spread of the disease, which you remember was the precedent that they were going to have to decide this on. Now, I think the precedent of, you know, me owning my own body uh, would be a pretty good precedent overall. But if they have to if they uh, if they have to do it based on whether or not they're going to curb the spread of a disease, then they can't do it right now either. And this actually shows you just how slow and terrible the government moves at everything. That by the time they actually get to uh, enacting these mandates, we're on to a new variant that the vaccines they're mandating don't even work for anymore. And that's basically how the government works with pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, on another completely unrelated note, we'll keep doing totally unrelated stories that none of them tie in together um, really whatsoever. So there's nothing to see here, but mass psychosis. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't exist. This thing that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. isn't happening. (laughs) You are listening to my words. Yep. I am speaking them. Nothing's happening. Fact checking. Sotomayor on kids with severe COVID-19 from PolitiFact. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor incorrectly cited statistics about serious cases of COVID-19 among children during oral arguments over the Biden administration's effort to mandate vaccines for certain Americans. Obviously, she didn't watch the video from New York's governor. No, she was talking about how we need to count these cases differently. And unrelated, okay. unrelated story, uh, uh, which is the next story. It's and the comple- yeah, yeah, completely unrelated from. The Are you ever impressed okay. by how all this leads one to the other they just build all this unrelation you know yeah yes it's my favorite <laughs> from sodomar she said quote we have over one hundred thousand children which we've never had before this sounds like trump said this <laughs> we have over a hundred thousand children which we've never had before yeah we've never even had a hundred thousand children in before. serious condition and many on ventilators due to the coronavirus she said her claim is not supported by data In all, 82,842 COVID-positive children, 17 and younger, uh, have been admitted to the hospital since August 1st, 2020. So 82,842 COVID-positive children, 17 and younger, have been admitted to the hospital. We didn't even reach 100,000 people, uh, 100,000 children admitted to the hospital since August 1st of 2020. Yeah. It's a year and a half ago. Apparently, they're in there right now. A bunch of them are on ventilators. The most recent data available, as of Sotomayor's remark, showed that 3,342 children were currently hospitalized for confirmed COVID-19. According to federal data, that number rises to 4,652 children if suspected coronavirus cases are included. Serious? But have they been proven in a court of viruses that they mm-hmm. actually are COVID cases? You just have to say things mm-hmm. these days. Serious uh, pediatric coronavirus cases have risen lately, just not as fast or as far as Sotomayor said. The number of pediatric COVID positive admissions has spiked as the fast spreading Omicron variant has become dominant since mid-December. CDC data shows that the frequency of new hospital admissions for patients younger than 17 years old has blown past its previous peak. Still, the pediatric hospitalization rate has remained much lower than that of other age groups. Now, part of this to me was a good thing that we actually saw a fact check on on what she said during the arguments. I think that that's actually a good thing. In a minute, we'll talk about how they, they let her off easy. But um, this is another part in here that was very, uh, very interesting from CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. But she, you already said this, though. But conflicting remarks here. It's pretty, okay. pretty crazy. So let me, let me go on. 
There is evidence that the youngest children are seeing two to three times higher rates of coronavirus positive hospitalization than at any point in the pandemic. CDC uh, Director Rochelle Walensky says it's critically important that we surround them with people who are vaccinated to provide them protection. Yeah, it's critically important. Now, remember what she said before, mm-hmm. where she said the viral load in the noses and throats of vaccinated people infected with Delta is indistinguishable from that of unvaccinated people. And what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission. But also... But surround the children with vaccinated people. To protect them. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, some of the hospitalized children and patients of other ages were not admitted to the hospital specifically for coronavirus symptoms, but rather tested positive once admitted for other reasons. This is from PolitiFact Fact Check. Mm -hmm. Do you feel a difference in the narrative from just a few months ago Mm. with what we're reading right now? No, I mean, I, I'm just trusting the experts. Okay. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Since, Science changes. Since I was born, I just, I've been searching for experts yeah. to help me navigate this li- thing we call life. Whatever they say. Whatever they do. say. That's what I do. Yeah. There's they say nothing. jump and you say, which mask you want me to wear? Mm. That's what you say. I say, with my mask on or off? <laughs> and they say, well, are you vaccinated? <laughs> and I said, Yeah. And they're like, mask on. I'm triple, I'm triple <laughs> double stamped. Okay. Get, get the trunk. Meanwhile, <clears throat> I already read that one. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Children's Hospital Critical Care Chief John McGuire. What a nice name. Just normal, simple John McGuire told the Associated Press that most of the COVID positive kids in the hospital are actually not here for COVID-19 disease. They are here for other issues, but happen to have tested positive. Our ruling, I can't wait for this. Here's the ruling from PolitiFact. So uh, Sotomayor said we have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in serious condition and many on ventilators. At the time she made this comment, federal data showed that fewer than 5,000 coronavirus uh, positive children were in the hospital. In fact, fewer than 83,000 children have ever been hospitalized for COVID-19 since August 2020. We rate the statement false. We got a false statement right here. Now, what I was surprised by was PolitiFact has a thing they call pants on fire for things that are just blatantly false. Like, if it's, uh, it's, it's false. This is a statement not founded in evidence whatsoever. They call it pants on fire. Mm-hmm. This is a pants on fire one right here. Definitely. Because she said we close. have over 100,000 children. Yeah. We haven't even reached 100,000 children in the hospital. Total. Total. Yeah. Even for... And and that's even including the children who presented with no symptoms whatsoever. They weren't in the hospital because of COVID. They mm-hmm. were just in the hospital, and it's routine to test all your patients now, obviously, because you want to separate your COVID-positive patients from your non-ones to try to separate them. Everybody's going to get it anyway. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But they want to separate them out. And, you know, your healthcare workers. That's why you have a room full of people who are about to get COVID. <laughs> right. And, and your healthcare workers can take care of you, even though they're COVID, COVID positive as well. So it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so <laughs> let's make sure we separate them. But anyway, it didn't get pants on fire. It got just false. So Amanda almost spit my drink out. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, most of what Charlie just said was uh, right-wing misinformation, crazy conspiracy theory nonsense is, um, is actually what happened. 
And but you'll find this next article shocking. Totally unrelated. Totally completely unrelated from any of the other articles. <laughs> starting with mass formation psychosis mm-hmm. and heading down the list. Totally unrelated. Not one bit. Half of NYC COVID hospitalizations were admitted for other reasons, state data shows. Mm. From Yahoo News. This is not from The Blaze. It's not from The Daily Wire. This is from Yahoo News. All right. Wow. There are 11,548 New Yorkers hospitalized who have tested positive for COVID. Only 6,620 were admitted as a result of COVID or complications from the disease. That means 43% of those counted were admitted for reasons believed to be unrelated to the coronavirus in New York City. 51% of those considered to be hospitalized with COVID were for reasons other than the virus itself. I'm shocked right now. Totally shocked. This sounds crazy. I, this whole time, this whole time, I'm totally shocked. If Who only knew the Koch brothers <laughs> were donating to Yahoo right now. This marks the first time that the state has counted and reported these numbers as separate groups. The CDC, Mm. which shows hospitalization data for all 50 states, does not presently make that distinction. It reports a 41% increase in its seven-day average of hospitalizations. Now, look, this this type of thing really pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Like, I get so pissed because I've had so many arguments about the data Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't matter. I'm I'm just a conspiracy theorist, whatever. And now all of it's coming true. And you're sitting there, you're like, really? This is yeah. something we've been talking about for over two years now. Two years on this show. And now here's what they would have said if you said this a while back. If they wouldn't have just said that it was false, what they at least would have said was that there is no evidence that, should, that suggests that half of those people hospitalized with COVID are there for other reasons. Until you actually look at the numbers and you add, this is very, very difficult process. But you couldn't ask the question before. I know, I know. You weren't allowed to ask the question. And if you did, you were demonized for it. Now, a lot, in a lot of these arguments, I took kind of the Milton Friedman path, which I, a lot of times, even though I got heated myself, I would just be like, okay. Were you like and smiling? I would, and- I would kind of smile <laughs> and stuff because it's, it's very obvious what the data was showing. And so I'm just like, okay, you know, if you want to follow that narrative, that's great. I can't wait for it to all turn around. And here it is turning around. That is weird. That is really weird. And now that we're actually getting this data, now what the New York governor said, which should you know, partially write about, like this doesn't affect uh, capacity. The capacity is the capacity. So whether or not they're here for this or they're here for that, like if we're the 100% capacity, then we're at capacity. Okay. So it doesn't change that. But what it does change is the overall narrative when we're looking at these crazy hospitalization numbers and we're watching the cases spike up and we are also saying that twice as many people are in the hospital for COVID as what they actually are. It also, it changes people's minds. It changes a massive amount of the population's minds almost to a psychosis point where they start all believing one specific thing. All right. It's a, it's a, I don't know how to say it, but it's a large group of people that are all together in a group and they all experience the same feeling and take the same actions based on 
this these numbers that they're being shown from people. I don't know what to call it. I can't think of anything to call it. Mm, but um, maybe someone will someone will come up with that sometime. One more thing, totally unrelated to any of the other stuff that we've talked about so far. Then, okay, and then we'll be done. The last unrelated article for you all. This show's been all over the place. I know. Today. <laughs> We're back here on a Monday. <laughs> We're talking about this over here and that over there. It's just you're like, can you guys just stick to one topic? Can you follow? I hope everybody can follow along. I hope you're still with us <laughs> on this show where we've just been all over the map. Yeah. And the, you know, that's how we do things here. So I appreciate you guys sticking around and liking and subscribing. It's, you know, it's just wonderful. This is from the blaze. Thanks, Glenn. What a nice guy. Over nice there, guy. You know? yeah. Great radio voice. Fantastic to listen to. If he just wasn't such a right-wing nut job. But we're going to read some of his his work here. Chicago Teachers Union president calls mayor relentlessly stupid for asking teachers to return to work. <laughs> totally unrelated. Yeah. Chicago Teachers Union president Jesse Sharkey. That's a great name. Mm. I'm Mr. Sharkey. Held firm to his organization's demands over the weekend, prompting classes in the Windy City to be canceled for the fourth consecutive day on Monday. In his defiance, the union leader even called the city's mayor's city's mayor relentlessly stupid for asking teachers to return to work. Now, if they would have said relentlessly Beetlejuice. <laughs> well, what's uh, what's also um, crazy here, coincidence, they're actually right. That she is relentlessly stupid, but they just have their reason wrong. Mm. There's a weird narrative shift here again. You're going to be reading words from Mayor Beetlejuice Lightfoot. And you're going to agree. And you're going to be like, Glenn, is that you? <laughs> What's happening? Did Rand Paul write this? The nation's third largest teachers union has been in a renewed standoff with political leadership since last week. It's more than 25,000 members encouraged not to return to in-person classes until stringent health and safety rules are implemented. I don't blame them, honestly. It's too dangerous. It's yeah. Did you see the hospitalization number? Did you see the They're yeah. up. Did you see the cases? They're Going crazy. We'd have more cases than we've ever had. If only with these new ideas. And you're asking teachers to come to work? <laughs> Masks and vaccines. If only in Chicago they would have been doing this. Masks and vaccines, and they would have nothing to worry about. But they're playing catch up here. They haven't been doing master vaccines this whole time. I thought I had enough to not sleep at night. I had so much going on and worried I couldn't sleep at night. And now I'm going to be worried about teachers in Chicago who are being asked to return to work. I know. It's the madness. In, uh, its desired rules include uh, large-scale COVID-19 testing and KN95 uh, mask wearing, as well as the establishment of thresholds for districts to shift to fully remote classes in accordance with citywide positivity rates rather than positivity rates within the individual districts. City leadership has so far refused to give in to the radical demands, calling them noise and misinformation. Intended only to scare parents. The city leadership mm. says it's misinformation intended to scare parents. Chicago Public Schools CEO. The, the public schools now have a CEO. <laughs> Since when? We used to call them superintendents. Chief education officer. Okay, there we go. Pedro Martinez insisted last week that there is no evidence that our schools are unsafe. I'm going to flip the king table over. Chicago Public Schools CEO <laughs> Pedro Martinez insisted last week that, quote, 
There is no evidence that our schools are unsafe. End quote. That's crazy. He, I mean, he voted, for quote. Tr- he voted for Trump, obviously. He voted for Trump. We know that. Democratic Chicago Mayor Lori Beetlejuice Lightfoot, too, has called out union leaders for politicizing the pandemic. Quote, politicizing the pandemic. You're clipping over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you yell, back, you just got to be back further away back from it. Yeah. This is what Charlie was like at the poker table this weekend, and by the way. claimed, Beetlejuice claimed, quote, is no basis in the data, the science, or common sense for us to shut an entire system down when we can surgically do this at a school level. What do you think your blood pressure is right now? Like if we were going to ballpark it, what do you think it's at? Just, you know, the abuse that I've received over the last couple of years. Oh. (laughs) Are you guys getting this? We got to put these comments up next to other stuff that she said too, because I mean, obviously she has totally flipped the script here. During an appearance on NBC's Meet the Press Sunday, Lightfoot characterized the union's latest action as, quote, illegal walkout adding uh adding about participating teachers quote they abandoned their post and they abandoned kids and their families Mm. Mm. those right-wing teachers unions you know i know they're crazy (laughs) they're crazy yeah but in a press conference monday morning sharky fired back at beetlejuice lightfoot accusing the mayor of being quote relentlessly stupid in her dealings with the union Quote, we feel like we're at a point where we don't have enough at the table to be able to go back to the people who, frankly, have sacrificed a lot at this point <laughs> and confidently say this is something that can help us help us ensure our safety. I'm sorry. Now, I've got the utmost respect for teachers. You guys know this. My mom has been a teacher for a long time. Okay. 25 years or so now. All right. Everyone has sacrificed a lot during this. Okay. Teachers, um, how do I say this? Not as much as like a lot of people who got to not work and also didn't get paid either. And then ended up having to go on unemployment and then, you know, their whole lives were ruined or anything like that. Like when you're talking about people who have sacrificed a lot over this last time, being able to not go to work for like a year and still getting your payment and all that. Um, you know, I'm just saying be careful when you're trying to play the victim card because other people are listening and reading at that time. All he has to do is say, it was only a month ago that you told us that the teachers were sacred Mm -hmm. and that they can't go back to school and nothing, nothing can take place. The whole world needs to stop a month ago. That was the narrative. Now she's been fighting pretty good with the unions for a bit. Now she wanted them to go back earlier than what they originally did. Her and the unions are definitely not getting along. And like Amanda said, I mean, I do, I do feel, I do feel something inside when I see her going against these unions. It is nice to see that. To I actually wonder if they see, stop donating to her campaign. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. They probably, they probably increase their donations. This is just all fuel for the fire right here. That's all this is. I hear the mayor say that she doesn't really want to do remote, but honestly, that's just a talking point. It's an idea. Remote is bad. Remote education is a tool. Teachers view remote education. Yeah, it's not as good as in person, you said, comparing the need for remote learning during the pandemic to the option of using it during winter blizzards. Now, the conflict in there was that they say that honestly, 
remote being bad was just a talking point. And then the same statement said that, yeah, it's not as good as in person. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, there is no mass formation psychosis. <laughs> it's totally unrelated. Yeah. I don't know if we have to go through the rest of this. It's not super, well, unless just, you want to. Yeah, There's a lot of money. Out. Holy crap. $100 million? The, the city knows that in-person instruction is a goal and has rolled out a plan to get students safely back in classrooms. According to the AP, school leaders have touted a $100 million safety plan, which $50 million goes to the CEO <laughs> and the other $50 million <laughs> goes to try to help people which encourages teachers to get vaccinated requires masks indoors and includes air purifiers in each classroom so there you go vaccinated you're good the plan is apparently <laughs> not enough for union members who claim teachers are being unfairly asked to risk their health and safety by showing up to work but your covid positive healthcare workers can go back <laughs> after five days yeah no big d so take care of your grandpa who uh, has a heart problem and is 84 and they can infect him. No big deal. Now, um, what I'll say on there on the teacher side of it, you know, my mom's a teacher. She's not exactly in the low risk category. She's on the other, the other side of that. And I've worried about her going to school. A bunch of people at her school have COVID right now, but you know what? She's vaxxed. She's boosted. We're talking Omicron here. You can have those irrational fears that pop up, but when you look at the data, I I honestly can't be any more worried about it than the fact that she told me that she like falls asleep on her way to work when she's driving every single day. Yeah. So like that's what I should be worried about. That part right there. Yeah. You know, not Omicron in the schools. But people have only got this one thing that they all together at the same time came together and decided that they were going to be super scared about after their leaders all told them that they had this one enemy that they could help them fight. Not together. Yeah. Not all together. Not all of them. A massive amount of them. Oh. Formed together and have this delusional view of reality. Yeah. Once again, if anyone can come up with a name for that, someone just let me know. Yeah. I don't know what it would be. Definitely not mass psychosis. No. No. That's not what it is. It's just another... Yeah, that would be wrong because right. there is no evidence that that exists. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, let's go home. Let's see y'all later. <laughs> you know, what a good show. What a great show Did, this was. I, I was I, I was proud of how everything just was totally random and didn't yes. make any sense at all. You should. <laughs> you should feel proud of that. And um, I told we said this. I've said this a lot, a lot, but I told you guys just to pay attention this whole time. And it would play itself out. And oh, how the turntables. We got to keep That's all, all I got to say. Got to keep all this in mind. You know how they go back and they change dictionary definitions sometime? They change and, headlines. And like, we remember that. We remember what the definition used to be. And we see what it is now. And then when you talk to people, sometimes they'll be like, oh, no, see, that's not this. Because look at what the definition is. And I'd be like, you must. I remember what the definition yeah. was last year, yeah. what it was. We are going to be the people that remember what all these people were saying over the last couple of years because we've been paying attention the whole time. And we've been saying this stuff the whole time. And now everyone's jumping on board, acting like it's their idea. And when you're having a conversation with a crazy person, you can sit back and smile and mm -hmm. realize, you know, I've got the data. I've got the data. You got to at least feel better knowing that you're right. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I wish. Well, and I eventually, didn't, uh, eventually. 
this all comes to a like a peak mm-hmm. and, and eventually people are going to be like yeah you know I don't, I don't really trust this anymore there's something fishy going on yeah i mean most of your health care workers don't trust the cdc anymore that's not good not good at all and that has been something that that is they've been working on anyway over the years and then yeah. all of a sudden with covid from they told healthcare workers literally to get bandanas mm-hmm. to wear out to work so you have all these protocols and stuff and it's just like the gaslighting manipulation lying those kinds of things can only go so far and that's why and then they'll blow up in your face that's why they're starting to go in more in the direction of what the actual truth is because we're coming up on elections here pretty soon this year and they've got to shift they've got to shift away from this because it's becoming more and more clear every day how wrong they've been about everything and what we have to shift now is saving our democracy losing our democracy the insurrection uh people not having the right to vote anymore all that that's what we got to shift from but first we got to get on the right side of the COVID argument so we're not having that one anymore and now we're going to shift it back to we're going to lose our democracy if the democracy decides that we lose later this year (laughs) yeah so that's what they're doing that's the whole thing folks in a nutshell well if you enjoyed today's random episode that was all over the place and hit that follow button hit the plus button on your apple uh, podcast app there and uh you know follow the show leave us a rating and review we've we've actually had quite a few pour in over the last few weeks so really appreciate that all you folks the listenership is going up um although we've been out of the office for a little while so the numbers aren't what they have been however it's still going up and that's the good thing the numbers are better so, when we're releasing episodes yes we found that's the point yeah of a podcast i think mm-hmm. yeah so anyway we appreciate all of that share the show with a friend a colleague and a teacher share it with a teacher uh, they need to hear this now more than ever and uh if you do all of those things go to mastermytrades.com to learn how to trade we'll be back again tomorrow hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty mm-hmm.